Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Charlton Singleton, uh, a local artist that's nationally known. And in our interview, we talk about different paths uh, people take to get to their final destination or whatever craft or career they want to pursue. And we talk about the support system that's needed to make those things happen. And also when you're thinking about certain things that you want to do, it don't always turn out that way. So in our interview it was very, very interesting on um, how things can sway and how things can be in a success. So uh, let's get into the interview. What's happening, bro? How you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. How about you? I'm, I'm awesome, bro. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for taking your time out and do this. I know you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate your time, you know? Likewise. Uh, I know you're busy yourself making a move. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This would be a little different, you know. Well, I guess we'll get into it. You know, I don't know if, if you, you know, played athletics or if you was an athlete coming up. Okay, well, we'll get into that. So, um, a little bit. I didn't, I didn't, um, actually, I have an interesting story about, okay. about, um, uh, growing up, I thought I was going to be a baseball player. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's, well, let's get into that. Take us, you know, take us back to, you know, cause we, we do with our athletes. We, we talk about the intermediate years, the high school years, how like right. coming up. So uh, I, I'll give you the, the way to, you know, tell us about, your upcoming any recreational program that you've been in and then how you know that that those times have uh have have helped you you know mm-hmm. now right 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 um start with the intermediate like you know school God. let's see <laughs> well first of all first of all i'm a product of the low country down here in in, in uh in south carolina for sure. uh, I grew up in Alwindaw. I went to uh, Mount Pleasant schools. Like uh, I graduated from Wando High School. Okay. Uh, I was at Wando in the mid to late '80s. I think that was a little bit before your time. Yeah, and... I was. I was in '90s. I was in '90s. Birkin, '90 to '94. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, but back then, gosh, when I was in high school, that was the big rivalry. It was Wando versus Burke. Right. Right. I, I remember. I remember one year. Um, that it was such a big game that they moved it to, uh, well, back then it was John Cress, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Well, you yeah. was in the year with, with, with uh, Ronald McFadden and all them, right? Rodney McFadden. Yeah, we okay. classmates. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good class, man. That was a good class. Man, yeah. They, they, they had some, they had some good, good ballers. Just didn't make it over the top. For sure. Um, so when <laughs> I always, it, it was, it was a bad, it was a bad outcome for us, but um, <laughs> uh, one year they made it to the lowest state finals, 
And um, I think that was like maybe 86 or 87, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we traveled up to play Lower Richland. Now, Derek Goodwater was uh, our big man. He was like 6'4", or something like that. Remember that. This was the year that Lower Richland had Stanley Roberts. Yep, yep. And JoJo English. Yep. And I think they beat us by 30 or 40. <laughs> Whoa. In the lower state? Lowest state, the, the uh-huh. lowest state, yeah. They played, I think, uh, back then it was all about Lower Richland and Eau Claire. Right, right, right. Yeah, and um, yeah, I actually, I think, I think Jermaine O'Neal might have been a freshman or a sophomore or something at Eau Claire around that time. Bud Johnson and all of them, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They had, I mean, you know, they had ballers up there. Yeah, yeah, stick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just I'll just never forget that that day because we went into the game like like they were scoring, Wanda was scoring like eighty some eighty eight eighty nine ninety points a game just right. running, running through people yeah yeah had only lost like three games that season or something like that like close games I think I think two of them were burnt you know sure. or something like I wouldn't close doubt that right 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 you know <laughs> uh, yeah I mean. For sure. For sure. You know, but uh went up there just like, okay, okay. You know, and Stanley came walking out and it was just like, this gonna be different. <laughs> it's it's different level of basketball, you know what I mean? Especially yeah, yeah. from the from the from that area. And and we're trying to we're trying to catch up down here. We're playing catch up. And I think we're mm-hmm. we're, we're we're doing that and, and that's why I do what I do because a lot of a lot of a lot of pioneers that play the game came back and, and, and put those things in the earth and in, in upstate. Right. And, and a lot of pioneers, we don't have a lot of them, didn't really do that here locally. So, um, and I think what the people are missing is the information. Once they get the information, they can kind of do kind of what they want to do with it. So, you know, we just kind of want to serve as that, that soundboard and get that information out to people. Right, right, um, right. So I, 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 um, Baseball was my thing. My brother, I have an older brother who's seven years older than me, and he played uh, he played football throughout uh, middle and high school, and um, and uh, went to uh, Morgan State on a football scholarship. Okay. Um, but he also played uh, baseball, and um, so he would always have me playing, you know, baseball with him in the yard or something like that. Right. And and I was I was pretty good. Um, and a lot, and the coaches wanted me to always try out. But when I got to high school, I was very much into music as well. Got you, got you. And um, and so uh, I decided one, I, I decided my senior year that I was going to try out for the baseball team. And uh, and I and the last day of tryouts, I did did really well. I was like, all right, I got this, no problem, I got this. I'm gonna be the starting second baseman. I know that. I, I'm I'm in. I'm in there. And um. I looked at the schedule and I went to the coach's office and I said, coach, I got to tell you something. So uh, there's, there's four games that I'm probably going to miss because as a musician, I'm trying to get a music scholarship mm-hmm. and it's very possibility, a very high possibility that I'm going to be out of town at these honor bands and all of these honor bands look good on my 
you know, college regimen for me to get a scholarship. So that's kind of the route I'm going. And he said, he said, well, you're going to have to make a decision because if you miss, if you miss a game, then the team rule is that you miss another game. So if you miss four, Mm -hmm. that means you miss eight and it's a 16 game season. So that's half the season. So he said, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to, uh, you either going to play ball or you're going to do some of that music. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's what he said. You know, I said, well, right now it's all about music. So I, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll see you later. And he said, all right, one last thing before you walk out the office. And he grabbed this piece of paper and he went in his drawer and he pulled up this big, thick Sharpie and he drew a line and he handed it to me. He said, tap that up on the board. And it was a big line through my name, Mm. (laughs) you know, um, actually, uh, about 10 years later, I ran into him and, 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 uh, he was, uh, he was a little, uh, he'd had a few drinks that day, but, but he, he, he was like, man, it's good to see you and saw you doing your, all your music and so good and everything. So it was a funny moment, sure. but, uh, but growing up playing rec, you know, baseball and football, um, in Mount Pleasant, um, uh, it wasn't as, um, I mean, it was very competitive and there are a lot of good athletes that were, that are around there, right. but uh, it was just, uh, it was just thought of to be a little different, you know, cool. with regards to, you know, somehow how some of the other sure. um, cities and stuff would go at it. You know, we'd make the all-star team and we'd go <laughs> uh, play against some of these other, you know, teams and everything yeah. came out with, you know, the, the bags all matched and everything, you know, and it was just not a lot of uh, resources, like you were saying earlier, just not a lot of resources put into it. Now, some of those sports around in the low country now have changed, like uh, like over in the Mount Pleasant area, soccer is like king, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and um, you know, but uh, back then, um, you know, for, the, for, for down here, at least we thought it was, you know, basketball and and um and and soccer or at least in the Mount Pleasant area but uh I channeled all of that team sports stuff you know into music and um and it's worked out pretty well so I I, I, I would I would say but <laughs> what what would what was you say in high school you had a spark in music did did you always have that what what what, oh, yeah. what, what triggered that can you remember what, what triggered that I started playing piano when I was three yeah I have an oldest sister who's uh 10 years older than me an older brother who is seven years older than me and they had um we had a piano teacher that worked with my parents my parents um my father taught electricity vocational arts back in the day at lincoln high school Mm -hmm. and my mom was the librarian at lincoln and the music teacher at lincoln and uh uh another school out there like an elementary school or something he was double duty Mm -hmm. um he lived relatively near us. Mm-hmm. So he agreed to come and give lessons to my older sister and brother. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're three years old and you're the baby of the family, you know, you just run around the house, you make noise, you know, you just, you copy everything everybody does. So mm-hmm. I would try to copy everything I saw my big sister and big brother do on the piano. And that's what started it. Nice. So, but let me ask you a question. And you said in, in high school, cause I talk to athletes all the time and, you know, we as athletes, we have to choose what college best fits us, right? As far as playing time, travel, uh, mm-hmm. 
what what career interests we have. What were your options in college and why did you choose whatever what, what college did you go to and what are the options and and how did that happen? Okay, so first I wanted to be a music teacher. Mm. And um at that particular time uh in the southeastern part of the United States um because I didn't really want to venture too far off but in the southeastern part of the United States for music education in the state of South Carolina, there was University of South Carolina was good. Um, Furman is good, um, just, you know, kind of expensive because private, you know, and everything. Um, Winthrop is good. As you go out of state, University of Georgia in Athens, mm -hmm. Florida State University, those were kind of the, the, the big targeted ones. Right. However, I was at a music uh, convention uh, with, uh, with the band and I bumped into somebody that had a booth and they were at this place called Berkeley College of Music. And Berkeley College of Music is in Boston, Massachusetts. But the thing about Berkeley is that all of these major stars have gone to Berkeley, like people like Quincy Jones, um, George Benson, you know, just all of these major, you know, uh, Branford Marcellus, you know, just anybody that was somebody in the business has probably had some sort of touch if they didn't even go there then they have taught there or something at Berkeley and I just found that for some reason to be attractive for sure and um they also had a music education degree so I was like all right bet that's it you know forget about down here I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my talents and we're going up to Boston right when I got up there I realized that music education was not necessarily the the most concentrated one, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and so I ended up transferring to South Carolina State University in Orangeburg. Okay. Yep. Actually the plan was me was for me to just come to state for a semester, take some courses and then go down to Florida State because they called back, I, I called them, they hit me back and they said, come on down, we'd love to have, great. And I had friends down there that were in the music department and they were raving about it. So I was like, great, no problem. But when I got to state, it just fit. It just seemed to fit. Sure. And you know how that feels when, sure. even though you may get uh, a scholarship offer to a bigger spot or something, but when you step on that campus, you know, just like a recruiting trip, it feels like home and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up staying at South Carolina State and I got my degree, ironically, not in music education, but in performance. It's kind of kind of backwards. Hmm. But when I when I think about it now, hmm. I know for a fact that a lot of the things that I encountered at state and a lot of the opportunities that just really literally fell into my lap, meeting some really big stars in the music in the music industry, um, some of the places that we were able to travel. Um, um, just because of relationships that some of the directors had with some of these other people. Um, that was just, it just fit perfect. Other music departments all over are 10 times as better. I, that's, I, I get that. I get that. But for me and what served me best and what I needed, South Carolina State was, was the spot. That was it, how that worked. And this time out message, we got Raquel Thomas.
I didn't want one or the other, but I knew if one didn't work, the other one would. For That's sure. what I knew for sure. But I wanted it all. I wanted to go to college and have a great college career and go on to possibly play overseas. By the time I, you know, as junior in college, the ABA came about. And then the following year, my senior, the w, WNBA came about. Um, but by then, you know, as a freshman, I wanted to go to the next level. As a sophomore, I'm kind of like, you know, my body is tired. <laughs> I started to get a little tired. You start to have the small injuries, the nicks, the necks. Um, and by the time I was a senior, I just wanted to be a girl. So it changed for me. And I didn't know that as a freshman coming into college. As a freshman coming into college, I thought I wanted to go to the next level, go overseas, play ball. But by the time I was a junior, I realized I just wanted to be a girl. Now let's get back to the interview. And, and it's interesting that, that you said that because, you know, talking to people and figuring out the why, right? The why they got from certain places, it's always comfortability. It's right. always comfortability, right? So, and that goes to the audience. Think about this. If you're seeking something because of comfortability, I mean, because of a want, and you're really, um, really going against that, that feeling, it might not be the right thing to do because nine times out of 10, everybody I talk to, comfortability is what made them perform. It's what right. they want to be. Because you can go to someplace, like you said, was a better department, has a better program, but it didn't fit for you. So then right. you feel comfortable. So the progress is not going to be there, right? Right. And, and, right. and that's, that's very important for everybody to hear. Um, right. So when you're in school and you studied performance, take us back to where things started to, started to change, right? When things started, was it happening in college, after college? You know, Actually, it happened after college because I was still set on being a, a teacher, a band director. I was going to be a, a, a middle school band director or a high school band director. My plan was to get my, uh, you know, my, uh, my bachelor's, you know, get my master's degree, become Dr. Singleton with a PhD and, and have a band, you know, and I would always pick the brain of my band director or, um, or people like, you know, like, you know, Mr. McLeod, you know, yep. they're, you know, so I would pick their about stuff. And, um, so, uh, it wasn't until the very end where I was like, all right, I'm a little tired of, of, of school. And that's when I made literally at the last second, the switch to performance. Now, ironically, I, uh, I ended up teaching, you know, I ended up when I, when I finished school and I came back home, I joined a band and we were trying to make it. It was a, it was a different time back then. We didn't have the internet like it was now. You didn't have social media, of course. So our thing was basically get in the van and drive from city to city and have gigs and, and play and try to build up your fan base. And <clears throat> we did that for about four years and it really didn't work out to where we wanted. So we decided that we were gonna not do it full time anymore. And in 2000, I literally stumbled into a teaching job. Mm. And while I started that job in elementary school music and then eventually middle school band, um, I was doing little small things like playing on the, on the weekends with a cover band. Um, like down here, you know, um, um, playing at Wild Wings was always the thing. You know? <laughs> that was, yeah, you play at Wild Wings, you, you the man, you the band. Yeah, yeah. Right. so we were 
in a band, yeah, yeah, you like you know my boy Chris Williams. Yep, yeah, I know Chris. Yeah, so me and Chris yeah. were always roll. We were we were playing in bands together all the time, and um, so that was going on while I was teaching, and my performance started to get a little better. Mm, mm. And you know, because honestly, until up until that point, I never really thought of myself as being a performer. Mm. It was always being in the classroom. And it just started to get better and better and better. And in 2007, I decided to walk away from teaching and try to give performance a go at it. And um, that was what sort of launched me into it. And I just said, I'm going to go at it full speed ahead. Um, you know, at, for a while, it was the whole thing of having teaching to, to fall back on. But I, I kind of put that in the rearview mirror and say, I don't want to think of it that way because if I think of having that fallback, right. I'm not going to reach forward like I should. Good point. So, so I just, you know, motored, 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 and just really tried to, to, to do things. I, I made my own CD finally after graduating in 94 from college. I didn't make my first recording until 2011, which is a long time. Right. But I finally got one. Now, since then, I've done one like literally every other year and I've been on people's projects. I've been writing for for people, arranging music for people. I started this big orchestra that still plays. I ran that for 10 years in the city of Charleston. Um, and then about four years ago, me and my buddies got back together mm. and we put this band together and it was going to be just something that we did maybe. 10 times a year, get mm -hmm. together and, and play music of the low country, gullet. Mm -hmm. But we got a little luck on our way and it started to snowball and it started to snowball. And then yeah. we won a Grammy. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, um, so it's, really, it's really come a long way. Um, it's been a grind. It's been a good grind. You learn a lot. I mean, you know how that is yeah, sure. along the way. Um, but uh, that's that's basically how it happened with me of changing that over from from being the teacher mindset. Um, and I still get the chance to teach sometimes. I was going to say that. I was going to yeah. say that, you know, and, you know, listening to you, it seems like all the things you wanted to do, you did it. Right. Yeah. But and, and that's how life works. You, you, you said performance, you studied performance when you even had a, a clue that you was going to end up doing. But right. again, following life, following those 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 comfortability feelings had you to prepare for that, and mm -hmm. your experiences getting up to that point, up to the point you won the Grammy. Talk about the experiences, um, you know, the trials and tribulations, and 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 how they have affected you up until this point. You know, because well, everybody always see the good, right? Everybody right. sees the good. They don't see the 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 the, the backstory of how things happen and, and the trials and tribulations and things you had to go through. Well, um, uh, for any musician or anybody that's in entertainment or, or anything for that matter, it all comes down to practice. For sure. You know, um, uh, being the exceptional basketball player that you are, how many times you sat in that gym and just just shot free throws? Right. <laughs> you know, right. You know it's, it came down to how many times I was in, you know, my house playing scales or learning a new song uh, that I had to do, you know, for a major event or learning some new technique, anything that was going to help me become a better 
uh, trumpet player or a better piano player or a better vocalist or whatever, that's what I knew I had to do. Um, sometimes it's it's just studying, you know, other people that's on that instrument. Sure. Um, uh, and I thought about this the other day too. Um, I think that inadvertently I prepared myself to become a performer because growing up, I used to always watch a lot of entertainers on television mm -hmm. and I would watch their delivery. I would watch how they would interact with the crowd. Mm -hmm. I would watch and, and, and literally just memorize all of this stuff. Much like, you know, when I'm, you know, watching March Madness back in the day and I see somebody hit the last shot and I run out in my backyard and I'm like, three, two, one, you know, whatever. But you emulate that. For sure, for sure. You for sure. emulate that. For and sure. so I'm emulating all of these people that I see on television. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have, it was, it was funny. I would I would have, a, um, I remember I was, I was real happy when I, tall enough, we had to push a vacuum clean in our house. And I remember I was tall enough so that the the handle at the top was was right here, and I was like, "That's my microphone." Nice. You know? <laughs> right. And then, and then I graduated, and I because I I got a jump rope, and then I could use that, and I was like, "Oh, I got a cord now." <laughs> right. But right. all of those things, all of those things, standing in front of the TV you know, putting back in the VCR and, and, and the VHS and playing that thing over and over mm -hmm. and saying it verbatim, all of that prepared me. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that people see um, when they watch entertainment is that end product when you're on the stage and you're doing your thing. They don't see, like I said, all of the practice time. They don't see what happens in the gym. They don't see when you're in the weight room. Right, they don't right. see when, um, you know, talking with my private teacher and, you know, he's or she's explaining some philosophy to me and how that's going to help me, you know, mentally. They don't see the mental side of it. They see right. the physical side of it, you know. So um, all of that definitely goes into that final product and putting in all of that, that, that blood and sweat and, and, and tears and sure. you cry. <laughs> sure. um, all of that works for musicians and, and people that are on stage and in entertainment just as much. Um, you know, as much as we talk about folks like, uh, look at Jamie Foxx. Mm -hmm. You know, Jamie Foxx, um, unless you know him, you know, a lot of people don't know, Jamie Foxx actually went to music school for a little while. Wow. Wow. That's how he plays piano. So when he played that part in Ray, you know, that was like literally built for him, you know. Um, he, um, he, he, studied all of this stuff that that ended up helping you know to form this total package that he is and um a lot of times when i'm out talking to students i have to tell them about that i'm like look it just doesn't happen overnight like that you got to put in the work even your most famous rappers or entertainers they'll tell you that they have studied yes. their craft they got to know the history of it and all of this stuff so um, putting in the work definitely is something that um, that uh, that that you have to do. That uh, a lot of people that uh, that that watch you and um, and try to emulate you, they don't see that part. And you just hope that if you're talking to youngsters that's trying to come up behind you or whatever, that you make sure that they understand that that is a must. Right. You know. And and, and segue into the our next topic. We we all are born with a talent. You agree? 
agree. That talent becomes a craft mm-hmm. or an art. Mm-hmm. I would say from a sports stand, uh, standpoint, it would be a craft. Do you do you call musician music a, an art or a craft? Both, because um, you can, I, I think it's, the craft of it is if you if you play. The art of it is when you create mm. something you know new of. Um, uh, when I am, you know, I can make a living right now just playing around the Charleston area, playing cover songs, playing other people's music all day long. I can go in there and I could play um, "Let's Get It On" by Marvin Gaye for you know weddings. I could play "Brown Eyed Girl." I could play you know whatever you know Bruno Mars songs, Michael Jackson songs, Prince songs, you know whatever have you, and make a good living. I've been there, I've done that. Sure. Um, but when I create my own music and I'm able to sell it. Um, and develop my own show, develop my own um, personality instead of emulating somebody else. That's when um, that's when it becomes, you know, an art form. Um, and you can you can see that in uh, in sports. You know, um, there are basketball players that are out there that change the game in some way. Right. Um, and and you can definitely consider it an art form. I mean, um, the way that the way that Michael Jordan, you know, played the game and attacked the rim and the artistry and how he, you know, was dunking on people and stuff. Um, that was something that was relatively new to a lot of people, you know, but prior to that, we knew Dr. J was going up in sky and, you know, on people or whatever have you. But when Jordan was, you know, up and under somebody and then, you know, then you had Vince Carter coming through who was, yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> right. right, but there's an art, you know, to that. Um, um, you could even, you know, like look at, uh, look at the, the Fab Five, you know, the long pants, mm. you know, and all of that stuff, mm. changing the game a little bit that way. It's a little bit more comfortable. Um, so um, the craft of of uh, of playing ball or playing some sort of sport is one thing. The way that you form it um, to be, spe- you know, the way that you play it, the way that you tag it, that's different. You could be a whole product of a bunch of things, but that whole product of a bunch of things turns you into something that's new and unique. Um, even on the baseball field, you know, you've got, uh, you know, well, oh, they're only known for stealing. They're only known for power hitting. Mm. They're only known for, you know, hitting for average. Mm. Now we're talking about people that are five tool. They can throw, they can run, they can catch, they can hit for power, they can clear, you know, all of this stuff. Sure. And those are the people that are the elite ones that you look at as, or that's they that's that's artistic how they're playing that game now. That's a good point. So yeah. Point. So um with music, um, yeah, I can I can make a living as a just someone playing music or whatever. I can create my own style, you know. As a matter of fact, um our Grammy Award, um nobody had ever represented Gullah at the Grammy Awards before us, period, period. And so um, 
when it came time to put us in a category, they didn't really know what to put us in. Wow. And so uh, we had to lobby to be put into this category called regional roots. And regional roots, basically, if you think about it, regional, so a specific part, roots music, meaning that it's it's, uh, unique to that particular area. Mm -hmm. Now, I always describe that as saying like, if you've ever been to New Orleans, when you go to New Orleans, there's a certain sound that you hear in New Orleans. When you go to Hawaii, there's a certain sound that you hear of, of the music. Here in the low country, that Gullah sound, there is a certain unique sound about it that nowhere else, right. unless it's unless somebody's gone from here and, and is playing, you know, over there. But um, that's the uniqueness. That's the artistry of it. Um, the fact that we're doing it in a more contemporary style instead of the old way, which was just singing and clapping and, and stomping on the floor. Mm-hmm. We got a drum set. We got a bass player. We got a guitar player. I'm playing a trumpet. We got a dynamic vocalist. So that's what changes it up and that makes it more artistic for us that's awesome. as opposed to uh, just doing you know, music and playing our instruments and it being the craft. That's awesome. Hey, what's up guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area or maybe leaving out the Charleston area and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, Go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction. And check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. In my intro, you know, I said athletes want to be musicians. And then you said earlier you played and musicians want to be athletes, right? Definitely. Definitely. And this, this, this thing right here, man, this is the equalizer. This, uh-huh. this ball right here, the audience can't see it, but this ball here right here is the equalizer. Your, your, your instrument, your tools, they're equalizers, right? Right. Talk, talk about the challenges in music and representation when it comes to, here again, the regional type or the rooted type information. What are, what are some, how did, how did this, how did that, you know, I call it equalizer, transcend across lines and help and, and made everything comfortable for you? Well, um, with music, um, the cliche is, is correct. And music is the universal language. Um, and uh, just like when you go overseas and you play basketball and you are welcomed because people have watched the sport so much, mm-hmm. um, I remember a couple years ago, our first trip as a band uh, together, we went overseas and we were in the Czech Republic. And we played in this little small town about three hours outside of Prague. And um, when I say that it was small 
and it was way out in the woods. I mean, like, like Francis Marion Forest, you know where we live, you right, know, right. it was way out there in the woods. And they had about, this town maybe had about 10,000 people and this festival, there's, there's probably about 4,000 people in front of us. Wow. And they were all in. They probably had never heard of us before. Mm. I know they didn't know any of our songs, mm. but we were out there playing some music that was feel good for them. Yes. That 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 they could connect with in some shape or form. And they danced the whole hour and 30 minutes that we were up there on the stage. Now, um, if you are good at your craft, if you are a good artist, if you go out there and you play um, with everything you got, then the crowd's gonna eat it up. For sure, for sure. They're always gonna be on your side if you're given that energy. Um, you could go in there and, you know, you, I'm sure that you've seen people that have a stat line of like two points, <laughs> you know, one assist, no rebounds, but they played 30 minutes in the game yes, sir. and everything in the game. Yes, sir. You know, um, that's why like one of my favorite players now today is Draymond. I mean, Draymond Green. Draymond Green is like just doing everything. He can he can pass. He doesn't score a whole lot. He rebounds. He plays defense. He's he's just he's like that that old sort of Scottie Pippen, that sort of point forward type of thing mixed with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> you know? I, I call I call those situations those players. I call them washes washers because no matter how big the screw is, no matter how big the hole is, no matter how big the tool is. You can tighten that thing to the best, but if they don't have a washer, exactly, yeah, that's them loose. Like, I'm gonna have to use that. And, and the washer is the least talked about thing in that whole in that whole solution. Right, and right. The washer is the most important and the least talked about. I'm gonna have to remember that. I'm gonna steal that one from you, brother. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah, so, but I mean, just um, you know, being able to 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 uh, to go and entertain to be an antidote for people on a bad day sometimes, mm -hmm. um, to make people smile, to make people laugh, to make them forget about what's going on, whether it is being a musician, whether it is being um, an athlete, you know, that's something that, um, that I think that we all are proud of sure. uh, having the, the ability to do. Um, uh, I've been very fortunate. We've been very fortunate in our band that we haven't encountered any negative experiences because our music has been so universal mm. and because it has um, been able to, um, to get with people. You know, you can always find something in one of our songs that connects with, with somebody, mm. um, whether they are, you know, black, white, you know, from another country or whatever have you. We've just been very fortunate that our music does that. Sure. And um, so it's been it's been a good ride like that so far. For sure. Um, all the projects you've you, you've worked with and, and the people you've worked with, it takes a lot of a lot of a lot of leadership to do that. Um, what's what is your overall philosophy of leadership? Well, first of all, um, I think that started off for me just with my my parents 
instilling in all of us that we needed to listen to, respect, and take you know heed of the advice and things that our elders would say. Um, growing up in you know out in the country in Alwindon, surrounded by by um, by older you know aunts and uncles and grandparents and everything, um, you know you just grew up with um, yes sir, yes ma'am. Um, you 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 only spoke when you were spoken to like that. You you listen to everything they say. For me, that graduated to when I was in school. So when I knew that I wanted to be a band director, I would always pay close attention to the people that I knew that I wanted to emulate. You know, folks like my band director, uh, folks like Mr. McLeod, um, folks like um, um, like Willie um, uh, Willie Lyles up at uh, he was at the band director at Keenan for a number of years, um, and so looking at how they were able to run their programs, looking at how they were able to um, get students to, you know, fall in line and do, you know, the right things and, and, and things like that. Um, as, as good leaders as they were, that's who I knew that I wanted to emulate. So I took notes of that. And so I use all of those things in what I do now and, and pass those along to my students. Mm. Um, you know, um, or when I was teaching full-time, those were the same things that I saw them doing that I passed along to them. Um, and that's generally what happens with a lot of things. You know, I'm sure that, you know, um, you know, looking at, um, looking at the coaching trees, you know, you know, you had you had one of the greatest coaches in the in the nation in Earl Brown, right? Man, I had I had some of the and you good yeah, Earl Brown, Fletcher Ad, Folk Union, John Crest. Yeah. So every every level I had major coaches that was helpful. Right. Yeah, right. Now look at all of the people that are coaching from them from them coaches right there and tell me if mm -hmm. they ain't successful. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, um your boy um Melvin, didn't they just win um a championship the other day? Melvin Watson. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't talk to him. Maybe I gotta congratulate him. I didn't know that. I think. I think so. But um, check that out. But between between uh him and like um um oh uh Anthony Johnson. I mean right. all of, all of y'all, man. Sure. I mean coaching tree that that you are under and all of them. You know that just it just makes sense with the success and the branching off, you know, um, sure. coaching or in this age, you have a podcast now that's very successful, you know, and, and all of that. And, you know, that's just, that's just passing along other information and right. that's a part of leadership. Right. So um, that's just how we do. Um, what's going to say when some other, other topic, you know, you said you look at other people and you try to emulate what they did so you can be successful and, I try to do the same thing too, where, you know, setting that example for, for young kids that look like me, I want to be a positive role model for young kids that, that doesn't look like me. I want to be a positive role model. Right. And that's my, that's my, my cultural influence. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's very important to me across the board. Um, how's that, how do, how do that weigh with you and how do you, you fit when you, uh, you, when you when you do what you do, because a lot of people look up to you, right? What, right. Which, which, because a lot of a young black um, 
athlete, not young black musicians that want to be just like you and want to do what you do. Mm -hmm. What's your stance on that? Oh man, definitely. I'm always uh, trying to go out and, and, and share any type of knowledge that I have um, with, uh, with our young, you know, black students that are, that are out there. Um, a lot of times it's just getting information to them. Like one of the things that I talk about a lot is um, the success that we have in South Carolina not only as musicians, but as athletes as well, because that seems to be, you know, the two biggest, you know, sort of things, you know, just like we, we were just saying, athletes want to be musicians sometimes, musicians want to be athletes. But a lot of times our, uh, our kids nowadays don't really know a lot of the athletes and musicians that have come from the state of South Carolina. And so I'm like, look, this person that you see on television or this person that you hear on the radio that looks just like you, that looks just like me, they from right here in your backyard. So let's not get it twisted. There's no disrespect to places like Atlanta or Chicago or, or New York or LA and Dallas, Houston, all of those big cities or whatever have you. But let's not get it twisted that, you know, they are from here too. Like I was telling, um, I was telling some students um, a couple of years ago at, uh, at Stahl High School, I said, um, have you ever heard of uh, James Rollison? And they were like, no. And I said, have you ever heard of Levante Green? They're like, no. And I said, what about Justin Kitt? I knew you, had, uh, you know about Justin. He goes by the name of King Kenobi. You gotta know him. And they were like, no. And I said, well, okay, uh, what about ASAP Rocky? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, he said, Rocky, he's one of the baddest rappers on. And then they're all arguing about who's the best rapper and everything. And, and I calmed them down and I said, all right, those three people that I named right before you, I said, ASAP Rocky, what if I told you that they were ASAP Rocky's producers and backing band for the last four years? And they just sort of looked at me. And I was like, all right, now what if I told you that they all went to Stahl High School and graduated not that long ago? And then the room just got quiet because now they are informed that there are people literally in the same seats that they, have, that they are in that are out there doing things with people that they know, literally the backbone of that whole organization. I didn't know you that. Know? Yeah, yeah. And there's tons of other musicians that are like that. Charleston is 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 historically in, in South Carolina, like uh Eartha Kid, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, the guy that 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 did all of the arrangements for for the village people for like YMCA, all of them from here. Teddy Pendergrass was born in South Carolina. Um uh Nick Ashford from Ashford and Simpson is born in South Carolina. Um, you know, and uh then and and I mean you know about you know sports and basketball you, you know everybody from like you know Alex English and you know um Xavier McDaniel and yeah. you know <laughs> you're right you're right you know all of you know and a lot of times we just see them on this big and assume that they are from these big cities or they came they played at a big program or whatever have you you know and you know and and just not knowing that they're right here they're from South Carolina 
you know, they probably just as country as we are, you know, but the fact that they look like me and getting those kids to understand that not only do they look like me, but they are from the same vicinity as me, lets them know that, yeah, this is definitely more than po- more than possible, you know. But let me ask you a question, though. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a, a devil's advocate question. Do you think locally, I said Dave Chappelle said this, I'm going to see if I can remember how he said it. When you're, people get familiar with you, you're no longer important to them. So do you think if people say, oh, he's from South Carolina, he's from right here, that takes the juice out of the out of the gun? Mm, not not really. Um, if you are good at what you do and you and you basically are still, you know, doing the right thing or whatever have you, um, in my instance, you know, in my case and from the people that I've seen, um, the the locals are even more in support of you. You know, for example, um, the five of us in our band, with the exception, okay, the, the four of us are from this area, like uh, uh, myself, Quentin's from downtown, Kevin's from James Island, Kiana's from uh, Harleyville, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Clay, our guitarist, is from uh, the upstate. He's from Anderson. Actually, he was a classmate at Chadwick Bozeman. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chadwick Bozeman played basketball for T.L. Hannah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen I've seen pictures, yeah. But anyway, when we won that Grammy, it was more of yeah, we won. Like like the locals, everybody was like, we won. For sure, for sure. We won. And the fact that they were they, that energy that they gave us the love and support that they have given us as individuals and as a band, that's just been always there. So um, I wouldn't say we've become uh, less, in, you know, of a, of a thing. You know, if anything, people are talking more about us than we talk about us. But I you knew know? you heard about Charleston market being a tough market to please. And that's why I asked that question. Hear your opinion, because talk, you know, Charleston market is a tough market. Please, it's so so tight. Everybody know everybody. So, right. if you're not on that big screen, then yeah, you're not going to get that 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 respect and that love. That's just me personally. It's just a tough market to sell on. That's that's just my, me personally. But I but I do agree right. with what you're saying, and I do feel and see the support that you've gotten over the years locally. In this time out message, we got. Terrell McIntyre. Look at the team. Look at the style of play. Like, look at, like, that's what goes back to these kids just going and just looking at the ball whenever they're watching a game and not really looking at mm. what's going on. Like, Good look point. at your position. Good point. You're watching the game. Good look point. at your, see what he's doing. Then see if that's something that you, your game fits into that, that mode. Don't look at who has the ball all the time or not, because you might not be a guy that has the ball a lot. So that might not be something that you're great at. So you don't need to look at, per se, the guy who's always handling the ball. And I think that's where it get, they get confused. And that's why you see so many kids in the transfer portal. Exactly. They go 
you know, it's a lot of different influence and they don't understand to, to kind of do their due diligence and looking at the style of play, you know, the coaching staff, what players they have, what class are the players, where they uh, are they leaving, who's in front of me, did this guy in front of me play a lot? Like, you got to analyze the team before you make a sound decision to see if you really fit into that system. And I think a lot of times they don't do that. And then once they get there, they're behind a senior uh, or a junior that's already proven. And they thinking they should be able to just come right in and take those minutes, which is not the case. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's a different level playing at, at in college than it is in high school. And it's it's a learning curve that you have to go through. Everybody goes through it, no matter if you're the top guy in the, in, in the country or you the you know, you're a three-star. It doesn't matter. It, it, everybody has that learning curve. And I think that's one of the biggest problems for kids coming in is is doing their due diligence on their end to see the style of play of the team, what guys are, are there, what guys are leaving. Uh, if I'm in that spot, what kind of production did the guy in my spot before me have? Like, it's a lot of things that you can look at to, to make a sound decision. Now let's get back to the interview. Now, sometimes um, in, in some cases it has been, um, it might be a tough market to have, you know, get people to, to be on board. But once you've gotten over that hump, you go. then it's like normal. That's it was like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, I, remember, I remember when he was playing at Wild Wings every, every Sunday night or whatever have you, you know. Where's he at now? Someplace he he's he's in Seattle tonight. You know he'll be back this way. You know he'll be in D.C. tomorrow or whatever have you. But yeah, that's just him. So it becomes more. You know they're they're on board. They've already come over that hump with us, and now they're celebrating more than we are. That's you know. Awesome. That's awesome. You know that definitely uh, it becomes the norm because they've seen all the work. They have helped with the energy they've supported us in the beginning you know or or through the process to get to where we were going and now it's just a matter of like oh yeah that's my that's my dude i remember him from, yes, from you know go see him you know i got people that when we're out on the west coast you know they'll roll up after the gig and they'll say well um you know, uh, Jackie told me to come out here. Who's Jackie? Mm. Jackie said she used to see you playing at King Street Station or blah, 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 you know, or whatever have you. And she was right. This was great, you know, or something like that. So, um, yeah, it, it, now, it I, works. I, when the, I just want to get your take on it because, you know, it, it, it is a tough market. And, to, and to, um, to win this market over, you've got to be good at your, your craft. Mm -hmm. what you do. Period. Period. Yeah, that's right. Um, last year hit us hard with you know with COVID and everything shut down. Um, with, with your businesses and, 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 and performances and, and being out in crowds, um, what creative creative uh, moves you guys ha have made in order to sustain and move forward through these times? Well, um, one thing is that um, Zooms yep. and um, a lot of other apps, um, Google Meet and things like that, um, have uh, really jumped in and are starting to now 
be a lot more normal for performances. Mm -hmm. uh, there've been some presenters that have asked us to, um, they've sent money for us to get a professional um, video shot of us doing our show. And then we send it back to them and they would um, present it to their constituents that way via live stream. Live streaming has become the thing. Uh, Facebook Live um, versus all of these things you can, you can, um, you know, it's like a virtual ticket um, because we have things like uh, Cash App and PayPal and Venmo. Um, a lot of artists will go on live and uh, social media and they'll put their handle up so you can, you know, do a virtual tip jar, they call it. Gotcha. Um, you know, just a lot of people are doing a lot of creative things or finding you know, ways to, to rig it up so that, you know, they can keep the ball, you know, going forward. For sure. um, you can release music um, nowadays without touring. You can become a, you can become a, a, a superstar literally <laughs> just by being on the internet. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, uh, as, uh, but is that as, talent or is that marketing though? All of the above. I agree. I agree. Um, a lot of times it's marketing. Um, because um, you've got, um, unfortunately, well, it just depends on who you ask, but you've I got the some- market, market gets you there, but the talent keeps them per se? Well, some, some people may not be the most talented, but their marketability it's is something that, you know, um, that keeps them going. Sure. And if you are marketable, then companies will flock to you. You know, for example, you've got you've got um, you've got people that make thousands of dollars um, just by sending something out on Instagram because they have followers for whatever reason they're following them, but they might have millions of followers and that marketer knows, you know, it could be it could be Gatorade, you know, and, and they see me drinking Gatorade and they know that. If I've got 30 million followers, 30 million people or a good chunk of it, they're going to see it. Right. Like Spice Adams. Spice Adams killing it right now with that. Yeah, exactly. I watch exactly. him all the time. He's so, he's good with his marketing. He's, he's developed a following. And, and right. it's actually kind of funny. Right, 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 right. And so um, in music, you've got a lot of people that, um, well, the, a, lot of, a lot of the talk is they may look good. They may dance good. They probably don't sound good. Mm. But because they look good and they dance good, that's marketing. Two out of three. Right. Two out of three. You can go in the studio and you can doctor up the sound in order for the product to come out sounding okay. Right. You know, you can do that through the through the miracle of technology. Right. You know, that's, uh, um, that's, that's just a no-brainer. But marketability is definitely something. Now, if you get somebody that's, you know, good at, you know, being marketed, you get somebody that's got a really good talent and can do it all, then that's just a win-win for everybody. That's when you get the mega superstar. For sure, for sure. Yeah. You know, and before we get into our, our last segment and opening recipe, I wanted you to um, answer this question. What do you, what do you see Charlton in, in 10 years? Me? Yes, sir. 
Oh gosh, um, still developing my solo career. I'm still, I think I'm still just starting. Mm. Um, uh, this is all still foreign territory to me because so long, you know, it was all about becoming a teacher. Um, now that I have uh, been performing um, exclusively for the last maybe 13 years or 14 years or something like that, um, I think the more that I, you know, get out on the stage, the more that I try something, the more ensembles I put together to see which one, you know, works the best or, you know, to give people more options, you know, like, uh, like when people ask me, you know, send me an email or a text and they say, uh, are you available for this performance? The first thing I ask them is, which band are you talking about? Mm. And I think that's a good thing to have, you know, because like there's, I could, I could do a quartet, I could do a quintet, I could do traditional jazz, I could do contemporary jazz, I could do R&B, I could do a 20 piece orchestra, I can do, you know, um, blah, 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 whatever have you. Um, but tweaking all of that and making it um, better each time that I go out and still developing, um, you know, you, you never want to stop trying to, to improve, you know. And, and, and my last question, which I skipped over, I meant to ask you, what's the difference between, that's when, I, when I Googled, I see trumpet, what's, why trumpet versus musician? Well, it's just a matter of, um, it's just a matter of um, being more um, direct on what instrument it is that I play. Like when someone asks for your performance, you're asking what band, like similar to, I got you. You know, and, and it's funny because like uh, I play, I play um, organ at a big church downtown Charleston. Yeah. And there's still some people that know me as just the organist. And there's some people that at, at that church that don't know that I play trumpet I or don't know that I play, you know, jazz or whatever have you. Or up until recently, they found out because of the fanfare that, you know, I'm in this band and I play a different instrument or whatever have you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes um, just to put the whole umbrella, you know, sense. umbrella is musician. Right. Because I don't know what underneath I, this, I don't know what you actually is specialized in it had I not seen it. That makes sense. Now, see, here's, here's the thing. I've played piano longer. I play more trumpet out in public than I do play piano or, or, or organ or whatever have you. I think I'm most comfortable on the piano or our keyboard instrument than I am on trumpet, but I do that more often. And some people know me as a singer, which I'm still trying to figure that out because, you know, I don't, <laughs> when I, and next to Kiana, who's a who is a singer, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. I play trumpet night when I'm okay. standing next to Kiana with Abby. She's the American Idol queen and all of that stuff, and she's been out on tour. All that. that's that's her thing. But um, yeah, you, you can you know yeah the that makes sense. It is the umbrella that makes sense. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well.
College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation, and its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. So in closing, man, we, we created oatmeal recipe um, and these three ingredients can go not just for athletes, go with any career, because we all see them. I see you in the gym all the time working out. Mm -hmm. um, skill development, education, and nutrition. So right. I call one out and I want to know, you know, how important it is to you and how do you apply it to your craft or okay. your art. Mm -hmm. um, skill development. Practice. If you want to be a professional, I mean, first thing, you just, you got to be good. I mean, if I want to play, uh, I want to sound good. So I got to practice to develop my sound. I got to make sure that that how I sound and when I play lower notes sounds just as good as when I play upper notes. I want to be versatile like that. Mm. You know, um, you've got some trumpet players that they are known just for being able to play really, really, really high notes. You've got some trumpet players or musicians that can't improvise. Mm -hmm. You've got some musicians that don't read music, some that read music that aren't very good at playing, some that don't read music that can play you, you know, under the table, mm -hmm. you know, like for example, you know, Prince doesn't read music at all. <laughs> Prince never, never, never read music. Mm. Never took a voice lesson. Mm. None of that. That's just talent, God gifts, and drive. Mm. You know, like uh, you know, you could have, you could have. Uh, let's take for instance Kobe Bryant. Right. Kobe Bryant had gifts on the basketball court that just people are like, wow. Right. On top of that, he outworked yes. everybody. You're right. You're right. And so. Practicing, that's where it all has to start and having that drive. So that, that'd be mine for that first one. I got you. And, and listening to you, I see you well-versed into the history of your craft. Yeah. Um, and, and that means that you're very, very educated and not only in school, but in the, in the, in the, in the school of history. Um, right. In, in music, I meant. Uh, mm -hmm. How is education to you and how do you apply them moving forward? Got to know where it all came from and where you can take it. Mm. Um, I've got to know the history of how we came from playing um, just a few notes improvisation wise to playing a flurry of notes. Mm. I've got to know how um, we've gone from playing um, and doing little tricks. You know, who started this? You know, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, sit down for this one, all right? All right. <laughs> so now, um, in jazz, we use, for trumpet players and trombone players with the slide, we use a plunger what? sometimes. A plunger. Okay. A, a brand new one, obviously. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. It's definitely a brand new one. But you use that in order to make sound effects and 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 that's usually in the form of improvisation okay that's usually 
what you would hear in a in a jazz setting. All right. Wow. So now there's a guy that um, played with Duke Ellington. His name was Bubber Miley. Bubber Miley played the trumpet in Duke Ellington's band. He and Duke Ellington wrote this song called Black and Tan Fantasy, and it featured him playing a very cool solo with this plunger. Everybody thought Bubba Miley was the king of soloing with this plunger mute. This was just something that was so new and unique. Bubba Miley is from the metropolis of Aiken, South Carolina, all right? Here's Here's the backstory. Bubba Miley didn't start that. It actually started with orphans from the Jenkins Orphanage right here in Charleston. Whoa. Now, they didn't have, they didn't have trumpets. They did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's a whole other thing. That's another thing I talk about with students because, I mean, the, the you know, the, it's a whole other story, but that whole thing about jazz being exclusively started in, in New Orleans, yeah, there's a lot of backstory on that one, bro. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of backstory on that. And it, and it definitely has to do with Charleston, South Carolina. But anyway, knowing the history of where that came from, knowing the history of how we went from, like I said, playing this way to playing this way. Um, Louis Armstrong had a style. Dizzy Gillespie took from Louis Armstrong's style and created his own style. Miles Davis took from that and went to this. Clifford Brown went from this to that. Wynton Marcellus went from this to this. Uh, Etienne Charles and all of these other trumpet players go from this to this. Um, ain't nobody was running and, and slamming like that during like the, the the Boston Celtics run, you know, and stuff like that. Dr. J started coming up and running and dunking from the foul line. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you saw, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. do it. Now Kobe's doing it. Now blah, blah, blah's trying to do it. So it's all knowing that history of where it came from, of, of how you get in there. You know, um, you know, you got, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Calvin, um, he's the, the black golfer. Um, Calvin Richardson, maybe? I think. Uh, but anyway, it was all about him being on the course before we got to Tiger Woods. Mm. Mm. Right. And Tiger understands that history. Mm. And then Tiger is trying, you know, or whatever, you know, you you try, you, you definitely have to know your history in order to bring it forward and in order to, to, to move it along, in order to get better at it, to understand where it started from, to get to, that's just natural progression. You've got to. I, I've learned more about Black history in this podcast and I've learned <laughs> it all the time. Oh, oh man, don't get me started. You, I, <laughs> hey, don't get me sure. started. This is what I do. <laughs> For sure. And, and, the, and the last one, man, is, is nutrition. And, you know, I see you in the gym, you know, working out, but make that a correlation with why you work out because, you know, as an athlete, we need our body to go up and down, but you're more mostly internal as far as cardio and your mental stability, you know, why is it important that you take care of your body and you're in the gym, you know, going hard all the time? I need that same cardio for when I'm on stage. Mm. I need that cardio to entertain. I need that cardio to be healthy. Mm. I need, um, um, it helps as a trumpet player with my breathing. Mm. Um, it all works and like a, like a hand in a glove. Sure. Um, 
when I'm up there and we start to show off and I'm fresh, I need to be as fresh as I can be at the end. It's conditioning. Yes, sir. You know, at the end of the game, when your legs are giving out because you, you know, been running up and down for so long, that's when it kicks in. All leg day comes in handy. <laughs> you know, working on my arms, working on my, you know, on, on the upper body day, you know, at the end of the game, you know, I, it's, you know, I got to have that juice still there. Cardio helps. Sure. Um, and um, and then it's also good for your mental, you know, um, you know, a healthy body, you know, helps with a healthy mind, you know, and vice versa. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I wish that I had done this a lot sooner, you know, going to the gym, you know, um, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a must, something that I'm always going to be able to do. Um, you know, I'm just glad that. You know, usually when I'm coming into the gym, that's when I see you and you don't see me at the end because my trainer's done, you know, whoop me down crazy. <laughs> I see, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I saw you, I was like, and I saw like, man, he's in the gym working out. I mean, I made the connection because I, yeah. I made the connection, but I want the audience to hear because people didn't understand, like being successful, it's harder to, staying successful right because the hard work you got to do and you know when when you can go into and free your mind and and, and and release some stress it allows a lot of positive energy to come in a lot of positive thoughts to come in and which we need in order to sustain every day right 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 i mean i i guarantee you that more of your successful musicians that you see in the public eye that are in entertainment have some sort of very good, um, you know, um, physical training that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, part of that is looking good. For sure, you have to, for sure. And that's part of marketing, which we were talking about. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, look at look at folks like uh, like like Usher, you know, or you know them as much as they dance, or you know, but you know, you look at their their uh, their body and their they're pretty solid, right. you know. Oh gosh, who? Um, um, uh, uh, what's the rapper? He was um, Kevin. Um, who? You don't know Kevin? I say Kevin Gates, but you don't know who that is. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, he uh, he 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 was back back in the like nineties. He raps really fast. He had the, the mystical. Who? Mystical. No, not mystical. Um, he was in um, he was in the Shaft movie with with um, uh, but anyway, he 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 had put on all of this weight, mm -hmm. like crazy ridiculous weight, like like ODB weight, you know, <laughs> you know. And he's been in he's been working out, and he's all cut up and chiseled now. Right, right. Um, not Method Man. Um, Dreads. I don't know. It's not ringing the bell. Ah, you you know who it is. I mean, he's a popular, he's a really popular rapper. Ah, it'll come back to me for sure. It'll come back for sure. But anyway, it all fits. Yes, you sir. know, you wanna you wanna be healthy, and if if uh, if uh, if everybody could, even if you go out and you walk a mile a day or something like that, that'll just that'll just help it all. Um, sure. Being that 
being that we've got a nice gym that's, you know, in that in the vicinity that I can go to and I've got some people that can show me the proper way because actually I used to go there a lot and I would do these exercises and I decided one day to try a trainer and she said, well, show me what you would usually do. And I went through all of this stuff and she said, all right, first thing, you're doing it all wrong. You know, because I'd be in there for like two hours and pumping all this weight and run out. And then, you know, the next day I'd be fine. And I did like 15 minutes with her one day and I felt that sucker for like a week. <laughs> yeah, isolation, isolation muscles, very, those things are very important. Yeah, we don't know what we do unless we're trained to do it. And that's why she's good at she do, because that's her craft. That's her. Right. That's her, exactly what you're exactly right. That is her craft. And some of the exercises that she comes up, there's some days where I'm like, who thought about this? She said, <laughs> well, I thought that if we did this, this way or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so that's her art now yep. for that. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, so, um, yeah, you gotta, that, that physical training definitely goes hand in hand and, and helps with the, um, with the uh with the mental side and and it helps with the overall performance you know um even even like what my wife would say she would say well you gotta look good on stage yes yeah yeah you know um or or when my trainer comes you know the next day that i'm with her you know something like that she'll say yeah i didn't really like the, your posture the way you were standing up there mm. So uh, it's back day today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it definitely works. Um, awesome. You know, nu nutrition and, and physical training and all of that goes hand in hand with the performance of the craft and the art. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, CS, man, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot today, actually. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and you know, thanks for being on. I think the audience you know, would uh, would love to hear the story, the backstory, and all the all the contributions you did. You know, not only locally but nationally as well. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you having me, man. This has been great. For sure, for sure. Yeah. It'll 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 hit in about a couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll I can't wait to put it out. It'll, it'll be awesome. I appreciate your time too, big guy. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. All right. You have a good day now. All right. Have a good day too. I'll see you in the gym. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. All right. Later. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Charlton Singleton talking to us about his career paths and things that he did to be successful. And uh, being a local artist, we appreciate um, all the hard work and effort that you've done and the things you've accomplished to get you to this point of success. Coming up next, we got Raquel Thomas. Former student athlete, businesswoman, entrepreneur, uh, to share her insight on things um, in her career that helped her propel um, through trials and tribulations. So um, interesting to to get the interview and let you guys hear that. All right, I'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with today foundation and. The approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on 
to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing. And hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Let's see.